0: John chapter 4, verse 4, a beautiful illustration here of kind of what, we're, what we've been talking about on Wednesday nights. Verse 4, and he, that's Jesus, must needs go through Samaria. So this was an intentional trip to Samaria. And most of us know this story. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Now, this is not the typical time for people to be going for water middle of the afternoon this is the heat of the day this is not when they would go they would normally go in a much cooler time but obviously this particular lady this woman as it says calls her in verse seven we know a little bit maybe you're unfamiliar with it but there was a reason why she went in the middle of the day but god was even in that as well that was all part of god's plan There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Now, here's what I really want us to notice, that Jesus initiates the conversation. He doesn't wait for the woman to speak to him. There's all kinds of cultural things that were basically broken by Jesus in speaking to her. You know, it's like, you know, and she even says that to him, but... What I want to emphasize again, one more time, is that Jesus initiates the conversation. Now, he's making it physical, but pointing eventually to the eternal, okay? Jesus saith unto her, give me to drink, which is an obvious statement. Uh, They're at a well, right? What's at a well? Water, yeah, you know, so it's afternoon, it's hot, more than likely. So, hey, it's a great conversation starter. You know, when, we, when we're sharing the gospel, um, we'll keep reading here in just a minute, when we're, when we're sharing the gospel, not necessarily with someone we know, but if God gives us the opportunity to speak to someone uh, that we don't know, then it doesn't mean that we we can, because Jesus obviously didn't know, well, he knew her because he's God, but this was the first time they ever met is what I'm getting at, okay? And yet he uses a practical statement that would lead into a spiritual conversation. Verse eight tells us that the disciples were gone away. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him. Now, here's where she was like, what are you talking to me for? How is it that thou being a Jew Ask us, drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria. For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. So, caught her off guard, didn't he? And so, this was not the cultural, the acceptable cultural way. And this was not uh, proper in in the society, if you will. This was not, uh, what do you say, politically correct. Correct you know, and by the way, the gospel is not politically correct. So don't even think for a minute there if we're going to be gospel deliverers that we're going to be politically correct. And that doesn't mean we're going out and trying to offend people, but God's word will do that. It will do that naturally. Not necessarily everybody, but anyway, verse 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, if thou knewest the gift of God, I mean, okay, so now he goes from a glass of water right for the jugular, right? Right right here. If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him and he would have given thee, notice the difference. He adds one word, but that changes the whole conversation. If you knew who just asked you for a glass of water from the well, if you knew who it was, you would be asking me for living water. Don't miss that word, living. I'm sure you don't miss it when you read this story. So it was a physical need that Jesus said, I need a drink, can you give me a drink of water? But that was only something that he was using to bring it to the spiritual right away. So Jesus initiated the conversation. He gets this young lady or this woman's attention with small talk, which led to giving her eternal truth. And we don't, we're not going to go through this whole di- uh, discussion. You can do that sometime if you'd like. But he always brings the conversation back to the topic at hand. And the topic at hand is that this woman had a great need, the greatest need of all of everyone. She needed living water. She needed living water. And the greatest need that your family has, the greatest need that my family has, the greatest need that the children at VBS had last week and still have some of them, the greatest need that the the lady at 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 the grocery store or the man at the gas station or the people that we meet on a Saturday or the people that we meet any day of the week, the greatest need they have is living water. The good news is we have access to that living water, every one of us. I was reminded once again this week of the, the testimony that all of, if you're saved, you have a testimony. And I would encourage you, I was, I was thinking about doing this tonight, but the Lord led a different direction. But I would encourage you, if you've never done this, this week, if you've never done it, do it this week. Do what? Write your testimony out. Get out a piece of paper and write your testimony. It doesn't have to be books long, but what led up to it? How did you get the gospel? You know, some people got saved in their, in their old, older years. Uh, some people got saved as a teenager. Some people got saved, whatever. But it's something that we have that can be used for the glory of God. And... Um, It should be something that we could just tell. You know, it's just natural. This is my testimony. I mean, you don't have to call it that to somebody that's not saved because that may not resonate with them. But this is what Jesus has done for me. Why would we be telling someone about Jesus if we don't have our own story? Well, we do have our own story. We do have a time. I pray that you have a time of when you got saved. What what happened? You know, how did you get the gospel? Uh, how did God work that out? And so it's, it's something to actually take a pen. Brother Dwayne gave me this pen. Structures and fabrication. Amen. And write your testimony. Write it out. It may not be very long, but that's okay. It might be a little longer. Write it out. Heavenly Father, I pray you you bless the remainder of our time as we look at this gospel presentation, Lord. And I pray that you would help us even tonight. In Jesus' name amen so what I've given you is the gospel presentation that we gave last Wednesday if you were with us last Wednesday we went through give or have a presentation and the reason why I'm giving you this and notice it's a gospel presentation there's not necessarily one okay you could have you can say you can give the gospel many different ways this is a gospel presentation but I began to think about this and My question is, and it's not, I don't really expect you to answer it aloud, but think about this. If somebody were to come up to you and say, like the Philippian jailer, you know what the Philippian jailer said? What must I do to be saved? Now you say that that only happened one time in the Bible. Okay, sure, that's true. But there's opportunities, there can be opportunities for each and every one of us to be able to take the Bible and give the gospel to someone. My, my prayer is that every one of us, let you say, Pastor Turner, I'm, there's no way I could do that. Well, before we say that, before we think that, I want you to remember who is with you, who is with us let's go, before we get into this, let's go to Matthew chapter 28. Let's just be reminded of what Jesus said. And I just want you to think for a minute tonight, if, you know, somebody, somebody at church, you know, we have an invitation and somebody comes forward and And you're the only one, you know, and we need somebody to share the gospel with this lady or we need somebody to share the gospel with this man or we need somebody to share the gospel with a teenager or whoever it may be. Could you do that? Could you do that? Again, it isn't it doesn't mean that it has to be this presentation. But we ought to be able to systematically go through the scriptures with someone, and show them from the Bible how they can be saved. Now, everybody that's saved should know how to be saved. (laughs) Doesn't that make sense? If you're saved, you should know how to be, otherwise, how did you get saved? (laughs) You know what I mean? And so, Jesus said, verse 20, the last verse of Matthew, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. And so we have the Lord with us. We're going to go through this. We'll, 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 keep the, uh, we'll keep everything going for now. And then I'm going to go through this. And then what we're going to do is we're going to get a partner. You're going to get a partner. And the live stream will go, go bye-bye later. Not yet but you're going to get a partner. Maybe it's your neighbor beside you, but you're going to get a partner. Everybody's going to get a partner tonight and that partner is lost. That means everybody here is lost. You just lost your salvation, sorry. Pretending, okay? And it's up to you, it's up to you not to get them saved because nobody here can do that. But if it was, if you were the only friend that they had that was a Christian, Think about it. And that might be the case in some cases. Would you be able to tell them, let me tell you what Jesus did for me. It's not, you know, I need you to sit down because I need to preach a sermon to you. No, it's I want to tell you what Jesus did for me. All right? First, I want to tell you that God loves you. I want to show you from the Bible in John 3, 16, that God loves you. It says in John 3.16, and then you want to turn in your Bible and show them. John, I just put it in here for the notes, but you want to turn in your Bible, and, and we're going to practice this, okay? And tonight, you open your Bible up, you turn to John 3.16, and show it to them. Act as if they've never uh, seen that verse at a, uh, on, a, on a sports event. They, they don't even know anything about it. Just... Here it is, John three sixteen. Look at what it says. It says that God so loved the world. And if you want to explain a little bit about uh, some of those words, his son, notice that's a capital S. That means it's referring to Jesus Christ, the son of God. And there's verses later on where we're going to show from the Bible that he is the son of God. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so, uh, you know, I want you to know that God loves you. Somebody showed me this. I say that over and over again if I'm giving somebody the gospel. This is something that someone showed me, and I want to show you. And then we'd say, you know what? Someone showed me my condition spiritually. And we'll turn to Romans 3.10, and we'll read it for him. As it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. Maybe talk about that a little bit. And again, as I've said in the notes, your condition is also my condition. That's what I'm saying to that individual. I might be saying to them, you know, you're a sinner, but also I'm a sinner. When when, when God wrote Romans 3.10, as it is written, there's none righteous. I'm part of that none righteous. This isn't, you know, that I'm preaching to Brother Barry, and Brother Barry is a wicked sinner, and he's on his way to hell. No, it's I was in the same situation. I'm a sinner. Without Christ, I'm on my way to hell. So it's not you need to be saved or you're a sinner. It's I'm a, we're sinners. The Bible says it clearly in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I like to explain that come short of the glory of God. I should have typed it in here. One illustration I heard years ago was explaining uh, a dartboard or explaining someone that is doing archery. And they're always aiming for the, tar- they're always aiming for the bullseye. Anything less than the bullseye is short of the bullseye, to the left, to the right, above it, below it. Or if somebody does archery, you're always, and a lot of of people will understand, yeah, I understand uh, darts, I understand archery. And so that's what it means by falling short of the glory of God. The glory of God is the bullseye. And there's nobody ever born of a woman except Jesus Christ who has hit the bullseye who has uh, brought glory to God in and of themselves. And so you can talk about that. So that's the condition that you have. That's the condition that I have. That's the condition of the whole world. And then someone showed me from the Bible that God has a price or a penalty for our sin. God has a price or a penalty for our sin. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. This death is spiritual. Yes, it is physical as well, but I don't know that this is the time to go into all of that. You could also write Romans 5.12. I didn't put that in there. You could write that reference down. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men. Romans 5.12, just jot that down. So the wage, we, we look at Romans 6.23, and we ask them, do you understand what that word wage means? And here's dictionary.com, money that is paid or received for work or services. So the key is that the word wage is a payment. For the wages of sin is death, the payment of sin. What did we just look at a minute ago? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. So what do I deserve? What is the payment for my sin? This is not, by the way, I, I, I always tell people, this is not my book. This is God's word. This is not the Baptist belief. This is the Bible. I've, I, and I, I, I'm a Baptist, no problem with that. Conviction about that, so forth and so on, but... This isn't what we're doing when we're talking to people about Christ. We're not asking them to be a Baptist. So we're, we're not asking them to be anything. We're showing them Christ. We're showing them the love of Christ. We're showing them the, the one door that leads to heaven, Christ. And so I will explain to them that, uh, and again, I'm no expert on any of this. I'm just going on a little bit of experience, but I'm not I'm not an expert at all because it's not about the presentation. We, we must have the power of God, and I'm not taking that out of it. I'm not taking out the fact that we need to be filled with the Spirit. But we do have to have a presentation kind of that we're going somewhere, letting the Spirit lead us. You won't always go the same way, but you're getting, trying to get to the same destination. And what is that? Choose Christ. Repent of sin and choose Christ. Turn from unbelief. Turn to belief and be saved. Um, and so I'll explain wage a little bit. Money that is paid or received. Uh, so the wages of sin, the payment of sin is death. This is what I deserve. This is what you deserve. You can go to Revelation 20, 14 and 15. The same death mentioned here is the one in Romans six twenty three. Sometimes I'll have my Bible open to both and I'll just flip back and forth and I'll show them. See, uh, death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Whosoever was not found written, in the book of life, was cast in the lake of fire. And look, it says right here, the wages of sin is death. Those two words go together. So this is, a, this is the penalty. This is the price for sin. And I always make it, again, I always make it personal. This is what I deserve. And somebody showed me this from the Bible, and I'm so glad they did. By the way, let me go back up to rec- realize your condition. Each time you're going through these, you're stopping and you're saying, do you, have any, do you understand that? Do you understand what it means about being a sinner? Because you can't be saved and not think you're a sinner. It's impossible. So in no way should we ever rush through any of this. Because I can't bring conviction. You can't bring conviction." No conviction, no conversion. And so if somebody doesn't recognize that, if somebody says, well, I'm not that bad, that may not be the time to continue on. It may be the time to maybe go back and show them the verses one more time and say, well, just so you know, my sin and your sin, whether you think it's that bad or not, nailed Jesus to the cross. So it must have been bad. Because they have to recognize, why do they need Jesus? If they're not that bad, then I don't need Jesus. Most people understand sin, and most people understand, but not everyone. Okay? And then, believe Jesus Christ died for you. Romans 5.8, but God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus Christ is God's son. This is the only way he could pay the penalty for your sin and mine. I'm saying this to this individual. And this is a really good verse. I don't normally use this, but I think I'm gonna start using it actually. 1 John 5.11, and this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his son, That's a great verse of Scripture. So this life, what life? Eternal life. It's not through the church. Well, I'm Catholic. Okay, well, this isn't about being Catholic, Baptist, Pentecostal, whatever. But you notice eternal life is not through the Catholic. It's not through the Baptist. It's not through the Methodist. It's through Christ. And then you can can skip down two verses, and you can show them 1 John 5.13, God wants you to know that you have eternal life. And I've told people before, I know right now if I were to die, I know I would be in heaven. Not because I haven't sinned, but because of what this verse says, 1 John 5, 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that you have eternal life. God wants you to know that. And we reiterate that to them. God loves you. Remember that first verse we looked at a few minutes ago? God loves you. And remember what it said in that verse? And now I go back to John 3.16. I didn't put this in here. I'm remembering some of these things. I go back to John 3.16 and I say, look what it says, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. That's talking about death and hell. But you don't have to perish. Because look what it says. God wants you to know that you're on your way to heaven. So then I go back and I say, remember what we we said so far? Bible says God loves you, number one. Number two, we said that all men, all ladies, everyone, everyone is a sinner. I'm a sinner, and according to the Bible, you're a sinner. If I have somebody with me, I might say, you know, and we know this guy's a sinner, you know, just not right then, but maybe early on, you know. Everyone's a sinner. And then we learned that the Bible talks about a penalty or a wage for sin. And that was what? Do you remember what that was? What was that? Most times people that are really paying attention, you'll kind of know if people are just entertaining you and listening and, and they're not really listening or they're, they're, they're listening, but they're not hearing. Or the other way around, they're hearing and not listening, whatever way I'm talking about. And that's okay. Again, you're not trying to get somebody to pray a prayer. You're, getting, you're, you're wanting to deliver the message, let the Holy Spirit of God bring conviction, and if they're ready to be saved, God will make it known to them and you. And then, I deserve that. Penalty. But remember what we learned from the Bible, the reason Jesus Christ died. The reason he came was for the cross. Okay. By faith, we can receive God's gift of eternal life. We go to Romans 10, 9, and we show them Romans 10, 9, 10, 11, and 13. We show them Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, where we, where we, where we reiterate that it is a gift. It is a gift. And I'll ask someone, Brother Bear, I'll say, uh, Barry, can, I don't know, you're not saved, remember? I'll, I'll say, Barry, can you earn a gift? Some people say, yeah, I can earn a gift. That's okay. So now I got to back it up. I got to back the train up because they may not understand what I'm asking. them. And you can explain. Well, a gift isn't really earned, but a gift must be received. And that's when I go to John 1.12. John 1.12, but as many as received him. So, yeah, salvation is a gift, cannot be earned, but it must be received by faith. Or else it's not a gift. It's for you anyway. It's it's for you, but you got to receive it. Having head knowledge is only part of the the equation. It's when the heart gets stirred by the Holy Spirit that you need to be saved, and you need to accept Jesus Christ as Savior, and you call on Him, and you're saved. Receive that gift by faith. So, this is a gospel presentation. This is a really fast uh, through it. If you joined us online tonight, thank you so much for being a part of the meeting. And um, again, what we're going to do next, it would not even it would not translate to uh, an online ministry. So God bless you and have a great.